and welcome to Whatever It Takes, a Degrassi podcast, wherein we discuss every single episode of Degrassi. Um, if you want to follow along, all of season one is for free on YouTube. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're going to be talking about season one, episode five, Parents Day. And to kick things off, Kelsey, why don't you read the official Degrassi Wiki episode synopsis for us? Okay. So it is... Toby can't stand the idea of parents' night. The last time his divorced parents were in the same room, they had a huge embarrassing fight. Toby cooks up a scheme to convince his parents that the night is canceled, but it backfires on him. They're missing a lot. <laughs> There's just... This doesn't doesn't cover that much. I mean, the scheme is barely a plot point, and it's not really a scheme. It's like a poorly executed forgery. Yeah, I think it covers, like, the A storyline. Like, it definitely is mostly Toby's episode, but it says nothing about Emma and her, like, quest to be Miss Social Justice Warrior. And it doesn't say anything about Ashley or Paige or in, like, the C storyline or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm going to give that synopsis, like, a C. <laughs> I Yeah, C minus. The actually the description under the YouTube video is like actually more accurate and more descriptive, and that kind of bums me out. And that's like a one a one sentence description. <laughs> they at least included NAK, which we're gonna get into. Oh God! But um, first, Holland, can you tell us about the title? Oh, the title Parents Day. It's not a song. It's not named after anything. It's just named after what the episode centers around, which is Parents Day wherein all of the parents of the kids go to school and talk to their teachers, which I don't think, I don't know if my school ever did this. I think there was like an open house or something, but I don't remember this. Yeah, our school always had um like back to school night where the oh, parents yeah, would yeah. come, but it, was, it wasn't during school hours. The kids didn't go with them. It, you know, I just, it was just like the parents would go and would talk to your teachers. So it was like halfway a thing. But just like with the school dance where it's like, why is this happening in the daytime normally? Um, Degrassi just like took a normal thing and made it kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we did back to school night, but I feel like that was like at the beginning of the year and the teachers just kind of laid out what was going to happen for the year. And then open house was at the end of the year, which was like, look at what we did all year. But this like Toby, like Mr. Simpson sits down with Toby's parents and talks in depth about his grades, which like how many things, how many assignments can they even have at this point? School just started and there's no way that you would have enough time to do that with all of your students. Like you have, it's middle school. You have multiple different classes for your, like everything. I mean, this whole thing is insane, but <laughs> we should probably start from the beginning. Right. So it starts out with JT and Toby just talking about parents day and if we want to get into it, we can e we can start off the fashion police report because I want to talk about what JT was wearing just right off the bat. He's head to toe in blue. Just, he looks like he's a baby member of the Crips, except he's wearing a backwards hat. And he's wearing a puka shell necklace. I mean, the puka shell necklace is a statement piece, obviously. <laughs> I have a lot of fashion notes. Um, one being that Paige, is, for the first half of the episode, before she becomes a Britney Spears backup dancer, is dressed like the ultimate, like, cool teen hottie from, like, the early 2000s, like, down to, like, the dog tag, like, the army dog tag. And I bet it was pink and it had, like, a rhinestone on it. I did not notice the dog tag. 
Um, I did notice Terry's jacket. It was like a track jacket. It was mm-hmm. very sporty spice. I wrote that down too. And I, I mean, I approved of it. And she was wearing like that. She had her hair in a bun, but it was like the ultimate middle school bun where it like kind of folds under. I don't know. I don't know why I honed in on that, but maybe it's because I wore my hair like that a lot in middle school. I mean, I feel like I still sometimes get lazy and wear my hair like that. Um, I also wanted to note that Ashley's hair looks nice in the second half when she's actually like giving a shit. Like it's not a crazy triangle. I'm really excited for the future when Ashley's hair looks like more interesting and less like she doesn't give a shit. Um, And she also looks kind of like a college freshman trying really hard to be a poet. (laughs) She is wearing a black turtleneck dress at Parents' Day. Which, I mean, it wasn't awful, but yeah, she went more for like arty than glam like Paige did when they were both trying to impress Toby's mom. And, but I, her hair did look fine, but I did write down everyone's hair is puffy. Like, I think that must just be a middle school thing. Like nobody really (laughs) knows how to do their hair yet. So you just brush it out to the extreme and all the girl's hair was puffy and even Paige's like. Her hair is a little puffy. Emma's hair it wasn't, though. Emma's hair is pretty good. That's because I feel like Emma has, like, no hair. She has really <laughs> thin hair, and then it just kind of sticks to her head. <laughs> Sorry, Emma. We're being so mean to Emma. Miriam McDonald is a beautiful person. She is beautiful, but everyone goes through that awkward phase. It's true. I follow her Instagram. Um, Yeah, Same. and speaking of uh, Paige's glam moment, like I said, backup dancer right am i am i correct yes very much she has the glittery gold crop top and her hair it's like like it's in like two mini ponytails like pulled back (laughs) with twisties and i don't even i don't like it's very much what a 13 year old thinks a pop star should look like which is fair because they follow pop stars more than anyone else (laughs) I mean, I don't really have any other fashion notes. No, I don't either. Everyone just, like, looked like a middle schooler, which... Yeah, which is their job. Although, what the fuck did uh, Paige mean by uh, Toby's mother looking so avant-garde? Like, I feel like she just doesn't understand what that means. <laughs> I think that's part of it because her... She literally just... I couldn't even tell you what she was wearing. She was wearing, like, a blazer and a blouse. Like, I don't know. That seems pretty standard mom outfit to me. <laughs> She looked like a, a business mom. Yeah. Like a medium trendy business mom, but like a business mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're I think we're done with Fashion Police. Yeah. I think we can just kind of start from the beginning of the episode, like storyline wise. Um, I wrote down that in the first bit, like right before um, the titles, uh, JT's being like weirdly insensitive to his <laughs> friend. But as soon as they were over, he like was genuine. I wrote... JT is being a little insensitive, and then comma, and then nope, NVM. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't even, yeah, Toby just starts off the episode complaining about his parents. So I was apprehensive about how much I was going to like Mr. Potato Head in this episode, but he, he was not as insufferable as the election episode. I will say he turned it around for me in the end, but he does start off a little whiny potato, And then we go into homeroom, and instead of morning announcements, we get NAK, news about kids, and we get to talk about squeegee kids. 
I want to talk about this storyline. I was a little worried because I didn't remember this episode. The only thing that I could remember from this entire episode was um that Sean's brother looks like Trey from the OC, who was Ryan Atwood's older brother. He looks like Chris Martin from Coldplay. <gasps> he does. <laughs> Good call. Um, But also kind of like Trey. But he also kind of is Trey, mm-hmm. but like without a gun, probably. I don't know. I don't know his life. Um, and I also like really distinctly remember the E. coli joke that Mr. Simpson makes. <laughs> like it's just in my brain forever. It's just one of those things that like latches on and doesn't let go. I will never forget the E. coli joke. I do not remember the E. coli joke. Whenever I think of E. coli, it makes me think of that Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. I think it was our lips are sealed when one of their friends pretends to find a like a worm in their lunch. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent, but I don't remember the E. coli joke. I do remember squeegee kids, though. Fucking squeegee kids. OK, so I just. This whole squeegee kids situation, I, I like when there's they call it a, a media trend. Like, first of all, they're being really condescending, and I'm very Team Emma on this whole scenario. Like, I agree with her. I wrote down, am I actually Emma? Because I am. I kind of am. I'm a liberal feminist killjoy, and I'm kind of Emma. I think we should explain, just briefly explain the video <laughs> in that. So, um, Nicole and I don't even remember the dude's name. They're little kid hosts introduce the issue of the week, squeegee kids. Which are kids who like squeegee people's car windows on the street. They're poor kids who squeegee people's cars for a living, but they like talk about them like they're cockroaches, as Emma later says. They say that all they want to buy are drugs and tattoos <laughs> and that they're infesting the streets. Oh my God. And like, are they just the new cool trend or are they legit? And I I really just honed in on them, like, saying that, is this a trend of the media? Like, that's an actual fucking thing. And but I'm like, also- no, they're poor kids. Or as Emma would say, they're poor kids who, who, like, need money to live. And also, like, you don't have, like, I don't, I, I don't, I just, like, lost my train of thought. I'm angry about this. It was just, it was really condescending and horrible. And they were talking about, like, they're taking your well-earned money. But by that, they mean, like, your parents' well-earned money. And it was just weird and shitty. And I just, I mean, the only thing that, like, made me feel like, I don't, I don't know. It was just, it just was gross. It was really gross. I hated it. Also, they're not taking your parents. If your your parents are giving them money, like, they can't force you to pay for the squeegee. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I've been approached by, I mean, we live in New York. I've been approached by people on the street all the time scamming me into, like, giving them money for things. And I don't do it. You just say, hey, no. Or, like, move your car. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not that hard. I get that they're squeegeeing. I know. I know that it's hard. And it's, like, sometimes I feel like I'm roped into, like, you know, like, the kid looks at you with the sad eyes and has all, of, like, the gummy candies on the subway. Oh, and yeah. you're, And they're just, like, pay for my basketball team. And I'm, like... You make my heart hurt so fine. Like, and I know that they're scamming me. And I'm like, is this going to your basketball team? I don't know. I hope you guys make it to the finals. Like, here's $5. Like, suck it up. It's fine. These kids need help. Probably. Yeah. So I was totally on board with Emma at the beginning of the episode. But then, like, my fave became problematic toward the end with her. I think this this is not the first time we see Emma get very passionate about an issue. 
and get really narrow-minded about her point of view that she doesn't take into consideration all sides of the story. Emma does not know how to compromise in any way, shape, or form. Which is why I wrote down that I might actually be Emma. (laughs) And... I like she she always comes from a really good place and she starts out being coming from like the correct opinion in well I think she starts out being justified in her opinion but then it became a little hashtag white privilege yeah <laughs> or yeah. class privilege like she's she it's I don't uh <laughs> you know it, it it I mean I think we can cover that like when we get to mm-hmm. the actual argument, because it does get to a point where it's like you're talking from like a stance where like you don't actually know where these kids are coming from. And it's like I understand that you're like, but it's like she's fighting for too many things at once. Mm-hmm. And it's like you come. I mean, how? but how privileged is her? I mean, she has a privileged background. She like has a nice house. She has like a nice mom. But she also had a mom who had her as a teenager. Like how privileged is her life like in comparison to some other people like liberty who can i just say liberty i wrote down um liberty is the draco malfoy of degrassi that whole speech was very like my father will hear about this Mm -hmm. my father knows the minister of magic like that sort of situation yeah my dad knows the mayor she was like if my dad said if one of those ragamuffins like (laughs) squeegees his car with dirty water again he's gonna talk to the mayor yeah my dad knows the mayor and i was like liberty shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about i like that you memorized her little speech though did you write it down i just wrote down liberty being annoying ragamuffins (laughs) (laughs) no uh yeah no she's draco malfoy that's fine you know she's gotta i i have no words for liberty just draco malfoy and then you know so the whole NAK situation goes down and Ashley starts talking about, you know, uh, what, how does that even come up? All I know is that they mentioned Heather Sinclair for the first time, which is very exciting. Yeah, they're in the bathroom and Terry's like, oh, you get so weird when they play That's NAK right. instead of your morning announcements. And Ashley, I don't even remember how agents come up, but... It's, I don't know, like, Terry says, like, oh, Heather Sinclair has an agent. Heather Sinclair! And Paige says something like, really, with her overbite or underbite or whatever the fuck? I think it was overbite. And then Ashley remembers that Toby's mom is an agent, and maybe she's going to try to woo her to be represented by her, I guess. And then Paige also latches onto that idea, because clearly she thinks she deserves an agent more than Ashley does. Well, I mean... She does have star power. (laughs) Very true. She has more of a persona than Ashley does. Ashley's so boring. She also has better hair and like she's more like fashion forward. You guys, I just love Paige. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, and this is like the worst season of Paige. Like Paige is a straight up bitch, like all of season one. And I still like her better than probably anyone else on this show. Oh, can also, I forgot something in Fashion Report. Can we just acknowledge how everybody either has a messenger bag or one of those like one strap over the shoulder backpacks that were really popular in 2001. I forgot about those. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a thing. I totally forgot. And they usually had like a little pocket 
like in the strap that velcroed like across your body and you could put like your phone or gum or lip gloss in there or something. Yeah, I never knew what you were supposed to put in that pocket. I don't think I ever had one. Do you remember rolly backpacks? I was just about to say those were definitely a thing. I'm surprised Liberty doesn't have a roller backpack. <laughs> Liberty should totally have a roller backpack. I can't remember if I had one or not. I feel like I did. I had one in like fifth grade when it was still acceptable to have a roller backpack. Like those bum backpacks. Do you remember those? There, I remember there was a big trend. There were bum backpacks and you could get them in green or you could get them in purple. And I always wanted a purple one, but I think I got a green one and I was sad. But I remember the roller backpacks were a really big thing for like a second. Bum backpacks kind of sounds like it's offensive, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I had a, a brand. I'm pretty sure I had a roller backpack in like fourth grade, maybe. Yeah, elementary school it was fine. Middle school you would have been teased like mercilessly for having a roller backpack. Plus, they were kind of a hazard. Like mm-hmm. people would trip over them. They were heavy. I, it was bad. Why are we still talking about backpacks? And then dumb people would like dumb boys usually would like sit on them and they would like pull each other and people would get hurt. But we can get off the <laughs> topic of backpacks now. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so they're in the bathroom. Heather Sinclair comes up. It's a BFD for me and Holland because Heather Sinclair. Yeah, seriously. And then. And then Emma goes to Mr. Radich to complain about NAK and how she thinks it's immoral to show it in class. And she also takes umbrage with the fact that they are advertising in our homeroom. And then Mr. Radich is very transparent about how, like, showing the NAK things in morning announcements funds their computer lab, basically. And then Emma, like, spirals and... Then Mr. Radish is like, well, you can write an opinion piece about this. It's due at 4 p.m. for the grapevine. So then Emma races to get it done. She runs down the hallway, floppy disk in hand, and Liberty accepts it even though it's 17 minutes late. Yeah, and I actually, I liked this about Mr. Radich because I feel like a lot of, especially middle school principals, I feel like they don't really give a shit. So even though he was like, yeah, sorry, there's nothing you can do about it, he was still like, go out and express yourself. And I think that was pretty cool. Yeah, and Mr. Radich is usually like not that great of a guy. So he's still like, okay now. Doesn't he get fired later? <laughs> I think so. I can't really remember oh, that much about it. I think it's because him. of the school shooting, but I don't remember. Holland, alert. that is such a spoiler alert for all the thousands of people listening that have not watched Degrassi. I mean, really, every, okay, let's be real. Every teenage show probably has a school shooting episode. I didn't give any other details about it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I didn't tell you who gets shot. Start from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So then, well, in between this, uh, Emma is writing the essay and Manny is like helping her out and she's like, hey, preppy kids, blah, blah, blah. And Sean just goes, ugh. And I and I just wrote down, same, Sean, same. <laughs> yeah, Emma's like, so if you were a squeegee kid, what would you say to like think about people c- comparing them to cockroaches? And Manny's like, hey, preppy kids, back off or something really awful. And then Sean is just like SMH. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was bad. It was bad. Manny shouldn't improv, apparently. <laughs> like, in her future acting career, improv should not be a thing that she tries. No. So then she writes the paper. She turns it in. And then I think we jump back to Toby. Oh, yeah. Toby tries to falsify a letter from Mr. Simpson 
to give to his dad so both of his parents don't show up to parents' night because apparently they can't be in the same room with each other without fighting. But Toby is like the shittiest speller in the world and his dad sees right through it real real fast when he gives him the letter. Holland was copy editing while he was typing this. She was like, ooh, his spelling is bad. I like didn't even notice. I mean, I half remember that that was the reason he got caught. But I ha- also was like, he spelled performance like P-U-R-F-U-R-M-A. It was, it was bad. It was so bad. And apparently he spelled premium with two E's. Ooh, that's not great. Yeah, no, I um just spell check, Toby. You're doing this on a computer. <laughs> you have spell check. Like, even if it... I mean, I'm pretty sure this was around the time that you could, like, the lines were showing up underneath the words, but if not, you could still, like, choose to spell check. That was back in the day where you could ask the paperclip for help. Let's be real. It's true. You could ask Clippy for help, you guys. And you still can, probably. I don't know. He might be, live on the internet. Um, I also wanted to just real quick mention that um, JT says that Toby drafting this letter is insanity, and I just think that that's kind of, like, harsh. <laughs> harsh for what is really happening it's more like this is probably a bad idea but like this is insanity it's like you have low standards for what is crazy i think jt is generally kind of hyperbolic (laughs) (laughs) but he gives his dad the letter his dad's like yeah you wrote this duh and they have a little heart to heart and toby's like please don't fight with mom at parents day because you guys are crazy and his dad's like i promise we won't fight I was just like, Mr. Isaacs, don't make promises you cannot keep. Even if you are wearing a very cool shirt. <laughs> he is wearing a cool shirt. It's like, has a little painting of like, it's kind of, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm on board for the shirt. But I mean, of course they end up fighting anyway. Mm-hmm. But for what it's worth, I feel like Toby's dad really did try to like stick with. Yeah. What, like stick with his promise. Like, it took a lot of egging on from Toby's mother for his dad to be like, okay, cut the shit, basically. Yeah, Toby's mom was definitely the instigator in the fight. She just kept digging into Toby's dad. So they're talking with Mr. Simpson, and Mr. Simpson's like, yeah, Toby just needs to apply himself. He like had a late assignment. Like He's really smart, but he just needs to apply himself. And Toby's mom was like... What did I like Toby's dad? Like, why did he turn this in late? Like, why aren't you making sure he's doing his homework? Blah, 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 blah. And then it turns into a fight. And then Toby's like, guys, shut the fuck up. It's my fault. It's video games. They're ruining my generation. And Toby like smooths things out. He's like, guys, fighting isn't going to solve the problem. And it's not fair for me. You're putting me in the middle and I hate it. And I was like, yeah, Toby, that was pretty good advice. Like, that you approached this in a very logical way and even-headed way. You know, Toby handled it really well. But also, my I just have one question for Mr. Simpson, which is like, why is after... So he says the first bit about him turning an assignment in late, and he clearly sees, like, tension in the room <laughs> and fighting starting. And then he goes off about how Toby skipped one class one time. Like, sense the tone of the room, <laughs> address it, see what's going on, and then just be like, you know what? I can shoot this in an email to Toby's dad later. He yeah. seems like he's being kind of reasonable. And, like, maybe he'll have a conversation with Toby because he literally looks Mr. Simpson in the eyes and says, Toby and I will work on this together. Mm-hmm. So, like, clearly he's there trying to be, like, supportive parent. And, like, you know, and I hate to take the, like, I, 
I just I hate to be like the woman's being hysterical because I feel like that's such a trope. But the woman's being a little hysterical. So it's like I and I and she's mad and I get that because, you know, I have parents who aren't cool. And like <laughs> so and like I know that like it, it the tensions run high. I get it, man. Like I understand where they're both coming from. But Mr. Simpson, read the fucking room. Just be like, I'm going to, you know what? Everything's great. You guys are doing a great job. I'm just going to send you a goddamn email later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I guess if he had done that, they wouldn't have had their, like, come to Jesus moment with Toby. (laughs) And I guess apparently Toby says later that it helped, like, clear the air. But, yeah, no, Mr. Simpson, you're dumb. Also, while I was watching this episode, I just remembered that, like, Mr. Simpson is supposed to be 28, and he does not look 28 because he was like in the same class as Emma's mom, and they just had their 10 year reunion. And I was like, Mr. Simpson, either you were like really old on the old Degrassi show, or you just did not age well. And that makes me really sad. But I don't think any of them look 28. Mm-mm. I feel like they all look like at least 35. Like they all look old enough to, like, they, they look old enough to have like, young children all of them but they don't look like they just celebrated their 10-year high school reunion but like they were also kids when they were on the original shows like they were in but like junior high on Degrassi junior like I think it's it's the same principle so they're they're maybe he's like 30 but he has to be around 28 right I guess I mean when, probably IMDb this but this is like a thing that we should probably research ahead of time <laughs> but I feel like you know I just they look too old and maybe They've just been through some stuff. But for the most part, I I think maybe it's just that, like, too much time went by in between. Because it was, like, in the 80s that they were in high school. And, like, when did the show end? And then 10 years from that would have been sometime in the 90s. Well, no, like, their graduation movie was in 1992. And that was, like, 10 years before their reunion, essentially. So I don't know. I don't know. None of this checks out. How are they 28? Anyway... Um, so that happens. Ashley and Paige are just still trying to get Toby's mom to be their agent. And Toby's mom's like, I don't like not acknowledging their presence, really. And then as she's leaving, she notices Terry and is like, hey, you have an interesting look. Call me if you need an agent. And it's like, yeah, go, Terry. You're awesome. Yeah. After the last episode where like Terry's whole story is so tragic, I really needed this for Terry. So I feel really good about it. And, like, good, good. I wanted it to blow up in Ashley and Paige's face because it's like you guys are just being weird and trying so hard, and that's not really how you get an agent. And <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just bad. But it, I did get some, like, genuine laughs out of me, like like Paige, like, glomming onto uh, Toby's mother and her being like, Toby, hon, I'm so glad you're doing great. Like, genuine <laughs>, laughs out of me. Yeah, Paige has probably never actually spoken to Toby until this episode when she's trying to butter up his mom. And she straight up, as his mom is leaving, she's like, something to remember me by and gives her a Polaroid picture of herself. And it's like, that could be really creepy, like out of context. It's really creepy in context. (laughs) But the expression on Toby's face after she talks to him is just so bewildered. It's amazing. It's my favorite. It's like, clearly she has never even looked at this person before. (laughs) So... Another thing that blows up at parents' night is Sean's brother, Tracker, who looks like Chris Martin, slash Trey from the OC, kind of a combo, um, reads Emma's article about the squeegee kids 
and he thinks it is garbage. He thinks it looks like garbage, and he thinks it smells like garbage, and he throws the paper in Emma's face. (laughs) Why is he fighting with a child? Why is that happening? I mean... How I mean, how old have we established how old Tracker even is? I mean, he's old enough to like be taking care of Sean, but he's probably like pretty recently out of high school, so he's probably still pretty immature. But still, like, no, why are you fighting with a twelve-year-old? You're at least kind of an adult. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but it's also, I mean, you know, it's it's a notable thing that happens, but it draws. Emma and Sean closer together. At first, it looked like, oh, no, turmoil, but then closer together. And on that note, I feel like we should do ship of the episode. So I think ship of the episode is obviously Emma and Sean. If Emma and Sean can be a ship of the episode, I'm probably going to say Emma and Sean just because they're my OTP of the show. They went through some ups and downs. There was some class struggle, a little tension between them. Um... And they, but they managed to smooth things over. Emma sends him a cute little apology email at the end of the episode. And he looks so excited when he gets that email from her. He like lights up and he's like, I'm sorry, too. (laughs) (laughs) And then they like smile shyly at each other. And it's beautiful. It's so cute. And I just like I actually like went, oh, my God. For like the whole thing, which is embarrassing. Um, but it was just really sweet. It was just like a very sweet moment for like these two, like, you know, kids who are just like starting to realize, like, oh, I like you. And it's like this, it's a big deal. And it's just, it's just very sweet and innocent. And I really enjoy that. So your ship is Spinner and Page. <laughs> yeah, obviously, every step of the fucking way. No, my ship is, I'm with you. My ship is. Emma and Sean forever. They should have been Endgame, but instead it went fucking haywire. Ugh, so dumb. But can't we talk about that? Just there's what one scene between Spinner and Paige where Spinner's telling Paige a joke about like how a guy's face looks like a monkey's butt while she's like zoning out and thinking about getting an agent. And then again, I was just like, Paige, why do you like Spinner? He's awful. Absolutely. I just, I don't understand their relationship. I mean, you kind of cleared it up for me last week with like, maybe this was like a crush that she had when she like was like ugly duckling status that we're imagining that she was a year before. But still, he's like making a dumb joke and she's like not even listening. And he's not listening to her story either. What is the point of what you're doing? Like, at least he got along with Terry. I'm still mad about this. Yeah, I don't know. That was the only way I could justify it to myself, but I still don't agree with it. Um, but should we talk about the moral or spirit squad captain? Spirit squad captain every step of the way. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't even know who is my spirit squad captain. I'm going to lean. I, you know what? I can't believe I'm doing this twice because he's like not even my favorite character. I'm picking Toby. Toby is spirit squad captain for me. He was kind of shitty in the beginning because he's Toby and he's a whiner. Um, and we've not- we've decided that, you know, despite the first two episodes, that two-parter, um, he went from being sad potato to annoying potato. But you know what? He, like, he stood up for himself to his parents, which I know is really hard. And he was he didn't, like, throw a temper tantrum. He was just, you know, he like he was like a stupid kid in the beginning when he like tried to get them to sort of like leave him alone or like and not go to the thing. But, you know, he really like he 
he was kind of an adult-ish. Like, he kind of blew up, but he made his points clear, and he was right. And they shouldn't – his parents should not be fighting in, like, public in front of teachers and stuff. Like, that's a weird fucking move. But, you know, I – Toby. Toby is spirit squad captain for me. I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, mostly because I can't think of who the fuck else could be the spirit squad captain, but also because, yes, Toby – I – could empathize with him throughout the entire episode. Your parents fighting is shitty and it's uncomfortable. And I I understood why he was whining and I understood why he was trying really hard to like avoid the entire situation. But when things came to a head and he kind of had his outburst, it was more out of exasperation and he managed to smooth things over and like approach it in a very even-headed and logical way. So I'm going to Give props to Toby. I mean, he has errors in judgment, but he's usually like, he's usually the voice of reason. And that's mainly why I'm going to give him Spirit Squad captain of the episode, too. Good for Toby. This is your second time making Toby Spirit Squad <laughs> captain. I don't remember who I made for the first episode. I feel like it. I think it was Toby. Oh, man. That's we only so differed on um, the past two. The past two, I think. Yeah. Um, so go Toby. I mean, I could also make the case for Emma, but her, I started out thinking I was going to make Emma Spirit Squad captain because I was like, yeah, fuck NAK. They're stupid. You go, Emma. You write your opinion piece. But then it kind of fell apart at the end. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So what would you say the moral of the episode is? Just making a face. (laughs) I... This one's hard because there. this was the first episode where they were like, I feel like this is the most storyline action we've had. Like, there's usually, like, two things going on, but this episode there was, like, three very defined, like, plots happening. But I think maybe, like, I don't I don't. If you know, you go. I'm going to have to think about it for a second. I'm thinking it's don't try too hard. that's that's what i'm leaning towards don't try too hard oh you know what i have one i think it is look at a problem or an issue or just any situation from all sides it's kind of i feel like we had this moral in the election day episode at least that's what i said but it's kind of like don't be so narrow-minded in your own beliefs and your own thinking even if you think that you are right, because sometimes you're not, or sometimes you are, but that doesn't mean that the other person is automatically wrong. It just means they're different. And I think that instead of blowing up and being so one track mind about something, maybe take a step back, take a breather, listen to what other people have to say before like steamrolling your own opinion. This just feels like a thing that we can say to Tracker, which is a crazy name for a human person, <laughs> and Emma. Um, I, you know, I'm sticking with don't try too hard because Toby tried too hard with the letter and then he just said his piece and that was good. And Emma tried too hard and ended up fighting with a, a person who was for some reason named Tracker. And Paige and Ashley yeah. tried too hard to like make that agent thing work out and terry was just gorgeous and standing around being a human person 
and that impressed the person. So my my joke answer is now my real answer. <laughs> All right. Um, should we get into the gratuitous plugs? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, let's be gross. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at, at DegrassiPod. And you can follow our Tumblr at whateverittakespodcast.tumblr.com. You can also send us emails if you have any questions or comments or if there's something you want us to talk about, anything. You can email us at whateverittakespodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash whateverittakes. And we're on iTunes. Just search whatever it takes and we'll pop up. And personally, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hollandtacular. And um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelsucks with the Z at the end. And do you want to talk about what you would recommend for other people as their new Degrassi? I mean, I have like, I have a, you can a go few first. things. Um, I <laughs> like really embarrassingly, it's. It's got a stupid name, but it's good. I really have been enjoying iZombie. It's it it's it's got the dumbest name, so I can't tell people that I like it. But it's by the guy who um wrote Veronica Mars. Oh. So it's it's actually great. I recommend all of you give it a try. It's on Hulu. Um and it's it's in its second season and it the first season is great, the second season is great. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Like just you just got to move past the title. Same thing with Scrotal Recall. Like I'm what I'm trying to let shows that have shitty titles but like good premises and good people behind them like give them a chance. I recommend you do the same. But yeah, um, I Zombie. This isn't something that's recently out or a TV show, but it's for some reason it's on my brain. I think it's because I've been looking at concert like lineups today. But there's like a really cute movie that used to be on Netflix called Tonight You're Mine. And it, sta- it stars Natalia Tena from Harry Potter or Who's Tonks in Harry Potter. Or oh, she's also in Game of Thrones. And it's like it takes pl- I think they filmed it at Glastonbury in Edinburgh. And it's kind of like a cute little concert bubble romance movie and i think it's great and you should watch it for the tainted love mashup song alone there's a spoiler so that sounds awesome um and i think that's it for us right yeah yeah all right thanks for joining us you can rate and review on itunes (laughs) bye panthers bye panthers